Hi, welcome to Making Sense of Movies. I'm Claire. I'm Elena. And today we're talking about apocalypse movies. Yeah, welcome uh, back to the podcast. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy in these trying times. Okay, so we're going to get right into it. And I'm going to be honest, uh, this group of movies out of everything we've watched made me the most sad. Yeah. This is... Uh, um, this is uh, some hard-hitting material. These were, the apocalypse kind of feels like it's happening right now, so we decided might as well watch some movies about them. Yeah. So let's okay, get right so, into it. We're going from what we feel like is the most realistic apocalypse movie to the least realistic that we watched. And Claire, what's our first one? Our first one is Melancholia from 2011, director Lars von Trier. And out of all the movies, this one made me incredibly sad. I think just like... The characters felt really realistic, and the situation felt like it could actually happen. Yeah, um, so the plot of this film... So this is part of... I read this online. It's part of his depress, Depression trilogy. Um, so if you don't know, it's already going to be sad. It's already part of a sad <laughs> trilogy of films. So it's basically... It's about two sisters, one who is getting married, the other one who is married. And essentially, there's this other planet that's going to crash into Earth. And... Yeah, that's kind of it, and it's about, like, their reactions to it and what kind mm-hmm. of happens. And one of the sisters suffers from depression, and you kind of see her go through that and how, you know, each sister kind of reacts differently because, yeah, the world is ending, essentially. It was... Uh, Claire, did you like this film? I did like it. I did like it. It took me sort of a little bit to catch on that it was about depression and anxiety because from the very beginning, I couldn't really get a feel for um, the other... Oh. Justine. Justine, yeah, that's the that's played by Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, and she does a really good job, but it's sort of hard to tell at first that is she like, oh, is it just sort of like a wacky character who goes to the golf course during her own wedding and like urinates all over the field, or you quickly find out that like, no, she's actually she's got like a lot of mental health issues she's dealing with, and that yeah. kind of took me a little bit to get into. Um, but I feel like once the ground is set for like, oh, this is not only a movie about dealing with the apocalypse, but also, like, dealing with mental health issues. Yeah, and um, I definitely like, caught I just on... Like they deal with that really well. Yeah, I definitely caught on to the fact that she had... She was clearly suffering from something pretty early on. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you right now, I wanted to stop this movie after 20 minutes. No way, really? I really didn't like it. It's just... Uh, yeah, I just... It was just really hard to watch, and not because, like of the depression angle, I think, like, you know, he, the director has an idea, and he wants to do that, um, but, like, this isn't an entertaining movie, and you're not sitting down to watch this movie, because you're like, oh, like, let me, like, swing by, this movie's two hours and, like, ten minutes, like, and it Mm -hmm. felt to me, like, four and a half hours, Mm -hmm. I kept checking to see how much time has passed, and every time I thought it was 30 minutes, it was, like, five minutes, and I was like, I actually, (laughs) it felt like the longest time ever, Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's not entertaining in the way, like, I think movies are. I don't think that was his goal. But, like, for me personally, this is just not a movie I would sit down and watch again. And it doesn't make me want to watch any of his other films. You know? Really? Because I I disagree. I really want to go and watch some of his his other films after this. Claire, Um, I literally couldn't. I was like, I was like, literally, I was like, like, I wrote in my notes. Also, this entire film is done on shaky cam. Or whatever handheld cameras. I don't really know what the term is. So the camera is never not moving. It is yeah. always moving. And I get, like, I have a sensitive stomach. Like, I get headaches really easily. Like, I had a headache, like, 30 minutes in and it wouldn't go oh. away until the movie was what, over. So that also the- made it, like, unenjoyable that I was like, I have a headache, but I need to finish this movie. <laughs> but it won't stop what, moving. Yeah. What did you think of the opening? The Okay, so the opening of this film, it was so weird. Um, But I, th- I kind of, like... I thought it was a little too much. I think if it was, like, one or two shots, I would have been, like, okay. But it was, like... So, essentially, the opening of the film, which you realize later in the film, is essentially, like, what's happening at the end of the film. Like, the apocalypse, you see Kirsten Dunst. um, She's, like, in her wedding dress, and she's in this, like... She's being, you know, floated down a river, um, and there's... She's, like, dead birds. She's Then there's another shot of her, and there's dead birds, and there's a shot of this woman carrying a child through a golf course... There's, like, another uh-huh. shot of this, like, weird lightning thing. And it's not till like, you kind of, you're at least an hour into the film where, you, like, when she takes out the paintings in the film, I was like, oh, those remind me of the, like, kind of first couple shots. Uh-huh. I just personally thought, like, it was a little 
too slow to begin mm-hmm. the film. Like, I thought, like, he could have shortened that a little bit. Because that was, like, five minutes or something. Yeah. Oh, I love the opening. I really thought... It was, uh, it was well shot. I think it was very well shot. I think it had the, like, time. You also see... What you end up seeing as well is you see the big, bigger planet crashing into Earth. And throughout throughout the whole film, yeah. you're told, oh, it's not going to crash into Earth. But because you saw this in the beginning, you know, like, it's going to end. You know that mm-hmm. like, the world is ending. Yeah. But It just reminded me a lot with just, like, the overwhelming classical score and all the, like, slow space scenes. It really reminded, it reminded me of 2001 A Space Odyssey. I can see so that, So I think yeah. that's, that's the reason I really liked it. I also did not like, like, that music that kept playing. I called mm-hmm. it dread music. Every time it came <laughs> on, I was like, I can't. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think the movie was really well shot. It was really dark. <laughs> like, there yeah. was, it was very, like, blue tones, green tones, dark tones. Rarely, like, mm-hmm. she, um, Justine, in the beginning, she's getting married in the first half of the film. The film is told in two parts, one in Justine and one in Claire, who are the two sisters. So in Justine's part, she's getting married. But she, all, like, her husband also, like, leaves her at the end. I was very confused uh-huh. because, like, it seemed like they got to that conclusion, like, not on screen. And then, uh-huh. like, they came back, and he's like, I'm leaving. And I, I literally was like, did I skip something? Like, like yeah, I, that's what... I was so confused. And he's just like, I have to go. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt. Um, I was like, hold on. You you just got married. Like, what what did I miss? And then I was trying to think, like, oh, did he know about her having sex with... Um, I don't think Pope. he did. No, I don't, I don't think he did either. But, like, that's just what was going through my head. That yeah. storyline was kind of weird. That I was, yeah, the weird. So also in the film, so it the her husband is played by Alexander Skarsgård, and then his boss, and I think maybe father, is played by his actual father in real life, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, and Stellan Skarsgård, he plays like this really greedy, kind of gross boss to to Kirsten Dunst's um, mm-hmm. character. And he like has this guy go get a tagline, which by the way, I didn't know what a tagline was. I was so confused. And they mentioned tagline. It's like, this kid, I think his name's Tim, has to get a tagline from Justine, but I, I didn't know what a tagline was. I was kind of confused, and it's it's like if he didn't get the tagline, Tim would get fired. So Tim was like follow, following Justine the whole wedding, and I was like, what is this weird for, subplot? Yeah, I think maybe it was just trying to show that, like, since we later find out that Justine has this kind of, like, sixth sense and sort of knows the world's going to end a little bit. Yeah. But she, she also, like, the one thing I found interesting was that she's like, I know the world is going to end because the world is evil. Like, it should end. And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, that's dark. Very yeah. dark. And, like, Claire's on, the on like, the opposite section where, like, she, like, she was really anxious over the world ending. Like, she had a son who was kind uh-huh. of, who Kirsten Dunst also, like, very much loves. And it was just, like, it's two different, two different people. Like, one, one was, like, content with it and the other one was trying to run from it is how I saw yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Claire's part was especially pretty hard to watch, just the way that she kept on checking, like, this, um, one of the main things they could do to, like, check the distance of the other planet was with this, like, weird circular device where they would hold it up, see what the planet's shape was, and then five minutes later they could see if it had gotten bigger or smaller. That is one of the cooler shots is that you see the, the whole point is that the planet is just supposed to be, like, kind of passing by earth it's not supposed to crash into earth so you should be able to see it and i think that played into one of the really cool like visual moments yeah when uh-huh. you can see the planet like they're all looking up in the sky and you can see this planet pass by and the whole point is that you should be able to see it like receding except when uh-huh. claire sees it she realizes it's getting closer which is like very anxiety inducing yeah she goes to her yeah. husband who kills himself it was a whole thing no and i just thought that part was done so well just yeah because i felt like anyone in her situation would be doing the same thing like even uh, in the situation we're in now like i have a thermometer and sometimes i get into like the same kind of nervousness where it's like oh let me check my temperature like two or three times in one day even though it never changes yeah so i just felt it was so relatable just what she was yeah. going through is there anything else you want to say about the film i did think that seeing justine's depression was incredibly sad to watch because yeah once uh-huh. she's done getting married she kind of becomes catatonic she can't move like that's how bad her depression comes yeah she says uh-huh. when she tastes her favorite food it tastes like ash like she has no sense of anything and eventually she does 
like she starts to get a little bit better, but she only gets better and then the world is ending, which is also kind of yeah. like its own sad thing. But the one thing I noticed is that in the beginning of the film, you kind of see she has this twinges of sadness. And uh-huh. like for me, I realized like that must be something more was when her sister uh-huh. was like, don't tell her, don't tell like Michael, which is her husband about this. Like Claire was like, don't tell Michael about your, your like sadness. And they kind of, they kind of blame Justine for it. at the wedding Uh but when she becomes like so depressed that she's catatonic claire's like well she's sick and i think like Uh that's unfair to kind of switch the blames yeah especially like mm -hmm, no i know i completely yeah and no one ever asked why justine like at the wedding like why was she sad or like was this something she always like did she really want to marry michael like that was a question too and she's like Uh of course i want to marry him but at the end he leaves so yeah uh, yeah, I guess the other thing that I thought was interesting was they, like, on the uh, the main poster, her in the river with, like, all the flowers. Yeah, that was uh, the one. From, it's like Ophelia from Hamlet. Who well, yeah, that's one of the paintings she puts, she, like, takes out. Oh, okay, okay. That's why I was like, oh, the paintings reference at the beginning. So, like, in one of the um, parts of the films, she, like, keeps opening these books to different paintings. And uh-huh. one of them is supposed to be, I think it's supposed to be, um... Ophelia, which is referenced in a scene in the beginning of the film and then also in the poster of the film. Uh-huh. So even though we have two different opinions, um, if you want to get sad, this is this is the film for you. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely... It's crushed. not comforting I, at all. No, not... Okay, and that's so funny you say that because I was reading a few reviews of it and there's a few people who are like, oh yeah, this is my comfort movie. Uh, oh. And I just, I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't know, it just... Personally, me for me, it made me yeah incredibly sad. Uh, I didn't even feel thing- sad. I just was like, I want this to stop, and I don't want to watch this movie anymore. <laughs> um, and not because right. I was sad, just because I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry, okay. though. Okay. All right, well, next we'll move on to a movie that's kind of the opposite side of the same coin to <laughs> Melancholia, which is Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. It's the same sort of plot where there's a meteor that's going to hit Earth, but this one is very, uh, takes more, a more comedic route. A yes, a lot more comedic. A lot more comedic. It's essentially a comedy. It stars um, Steve Carell as our main character and Keira Knightley. I thought mm-hmm. they were both really well casted. They were both funny. Um, it was, it was I think, a good role for both of them. It, this was directed yeah. by Hustlers director Lorraine Scafaria. <laughs> Who I who love. We love. We love. We love. Did you like? Did you like this film, Claire? I did. I did like it. Um, I liked yeah, it too. I love seeing Steve Carell in more. I, I think I would call this a more serious role than what he usually does. Because even though it has comedy elements, both I characters like are not, taken seriously. Yeah. Exactly. And essentially, the plot of this film is that so the world is going to end in three weeks, and with a week to go, Steve Carell and Keira Knightley basically go on this road trip to see Steve Carell's, like, um, girl who got away. And Mm -hmm. um, she feels bad because she was, they lived in the same apartment building, and she kind of got his mail and didn't give it to him. And he had Mm -hmm. this letter from, like, this long-lost love from, like, three months ago. And he's like, well, she's like, I'm going to make it up to you. I'm going to go. And it's about this kind of, like, buddy comedy, but also they fall in love, which I thought was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was a good, I, I liked it. I thought it was, like, a really easy watch. Um... It didn't make me sad the world was ending because it was like all these different weird things going on. Mm-hmm. I know. I still thought the ending was sad. The ending was think, sad. Well, the ending was that like, like the, the world ending. ends because the whole thing is like like mm-hmm. Steve Girls like the world's ending and Kieran Knightley was like, well, I'm an optimist. Like you don't know, and at the end, everyone's kind of like, no, it's happening. I don't know if this is a movie I'd go back and rewatch though. I don't think so either. I think it was good a first watch. I don't think there there's not anything like deeper. I feel like. Mm-hmm. In it, not in the same way, like, for Melancholia, I feel like you can do a rewatch and you can kind of see different things. For this one, I feel like the first time you watch it, I don't think the jokes are going to get any funnier. Yeah. The second time around, I do love that dog. So there was a pretty fun moment where Steve Girl, he gets really, like, he's been drinking this, like, cough syrup because he realizes his wife, who had, as soon as the world is ending, she runs away. um, And he realizes his wife is having an affair. And... He's, like, drinking this cough syrup with codeine in it, and he's, like, starts to drink, like, Windex, and he passes out, and as soon as he wakes up, there's a sticky note that says, sorry, and there's a dog, uh-huh. and that, and he names the dog sorry, and then the dog just, like, goes with them on the ride, and I really liked that. Not the first uh-huh. movie with a dog as a main character. 
<laughs> oh list. yeah, good point. Uh, I but the thing I do like about this movie is just really thinking about how people would deal with the end of the world. Yeah. Because there's one scene where uh, he's at work and they're trying to like get people to move up in their positions because like people obviously are... there's so many people who quit. Yeah. And then there was like one girl who's wearing all these wacky outfits and she's wearing everything she's never worn. Yeah. And there's... they're taking uh, heroin. Taking, um, Oh yeah! All the adults are are like are like oh we're gonna do all the drugs that we said we weren't going to do and like there's oh my god there's a party scene my favorite scene was when there's a party scene where there's like an adult who's like telling kids like drink 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 yeah that was so funny yeah it's yeah. it's everyone basically doing things that they never thought they would do I felt like personally this was what the apocalypse might feel like if it was happening because there's a semblance of like people are still going to work because it was still like three weeks away but the closer it gets people are kind of getting like crazier or just trying just to live their life to uh-huh. either to the fullest or just kind of as normally as possible like Steve Carl was someone his character was like I'll just go through the life the way I've been living it uh-huh. while you see like other people either like they're like we're preparing for the apocalypse like one there's a group of people you meet who have like a bunker and a cell phone uh-huh. and I really like how like just if you told me the summary of this movie you may think that oh uh the girl who or Kira Knightley's character is like a maniac pixie girl. She, like, I was uh, so stereo- afraid she was, like when yeah, you first like, meet her, and I was like, she's not. Yeah, she passes. No, they really do build her character, and they're just two completely individual people. It's not like, oh, this is all about Steve Carell's character. And it's not um, really about their romance either. It's more about like both of them. I feel like accepting kind of the mistakes they've made in the past, and yeah. kind of coming to terms with their own person, and then also coming to terms with that that like. Like, Keira Knightley was like, oh, I don't think I'm ever going to be in love with someone. And at the end of the film, like, she realizes she does, like, loves Steve Carell's character. And she, like, doesn't want to leave him. And, like, her journey for the film is, like, she wants to go see her family. She's she's British in the film. Um, and she wants to go see her family one last time. And Steve Carell's like, okay, if you come with me, like, I might know someone with a plane. And she's like, well, I feel bad, so I'll drive you. And then you'll show me the person with the plane. Uh-huh. And Steve Carell's, like, I think, fact is the... He's, like, forgiving his father, and he's also coming to terms, like, with his own, like, relationships and things like that. Yeah. I feel like they could have done more with the father aspect of it, because they I, talked a yeah. lot about Steve Carell and his marriage. They and, did. Like, his previous marriage. But in the end, it kind of ended up being about him connecting back with his dad. So I kind of feel I, like... I was a little thrown for that. I just felt like it was too fast. Like, there wasn't anything leading up to it, and it seemed like he really yeah. hated his dad for, like, periods of time. And, like, even uh-huh. he goes to him, he's like, I hate you. And his dad's like, well, the world's ending. Like, not much I can do about it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And his dad's the one who has a plane. But at the end, uh-huh. you know, there's also, like, a running joke in the film where Kira, like, she, she, I forgot what she has, but she can, like, sh- she can fall asleep and stay asleep for, like, a really long time. Like, it's really oh, hard right. for I don't, her to I don't wake think up. she had... I, I think she that was just her sleeping habit. She was just, like, oh. a really heavy sleeper. Oh, I thought in the film she said, like, she had something. She was like, oh, I have this thing. Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. I made that up. Um, Anything else you want to add? I also like the scene in the restaurant where they're just all going The friendlies? Crazy. Yeah, that yeah, was hilarious. Yeah, oh my gosh, I think that was really funny. Well, they're basically like, all on ecstasy, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, like, that's how some people would spend, like, the end of the world. Just, like completely going crazy well i found it funny that the restaurant that restaurant was still open they're like yeah we're still gonna serve people you know that's the friendliest way (laughs) it's like oh that's weird oh yeah um i also liked i like the scene in the jail where they're both talking to each other like that shot i thought was really Uh well done and i also like the cop who was like too serious on everyone yeah like I, I just, I couldn't imagine that part. Like, it's the end of the world, and then you get pulled over for one. I was like, what cop would still be pulling people over? That's why I thought it was funny. And then, end. like, the other cop comes in, and he's like, God damn it. Like, stop doing this. Like, the world is ending. No one needs to be pulled over. So, I think that that's all I have to say about this movie. I think if I you're looking that, like, for, like, a light-hearted... I like better. I just, I, yeah, I know. You know how my feel like how Melancholia is? I would rather watch this movie than watch Melancholia again. I think if you want a light-hearted, easy-watch apocalyptic film that's, like, cute, has a little love story, has a great dog in it, that doesn't die or anything like that. Well, it does die. Everyone dies. But, you know, like, I would say watch this one. I think this is the easiest one to watch all of, out of the films we've chosen. Yeah. No, the, out of all the films we've chosen, I would say that 
this is the best one for comedy and apocalypse. But yes. I was also thinking about a movie we don't talk about, uh, Warm Bodies, which isn't on our list, but I was just thinking about that. That's Romance, true. comedy, zombie movie. Yeah, I watched it in theaters. I remember that. Oh, I didn't watch it in theaters, but I read that book and it was good. Oh, but that's off topic because well, that's not on our list. Not on our I list. I just wanted to give it, a, give it a shout out anyway. Yeah, so the next movie on our list is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, so Claire was the one who picked out this film. I had never seen it before. So Claire, what was like a reason you decided like this film? I just think it's like a very tight movie. Like the plot's tight, the characters are tight. It's still fun to watch. And just I think the acting's really good in it too. Like John Goodman plays this guy who's like, is he the smartest one here or is he a psychopath? And he kind of ends up being a little bit of both. Yeah. Ass- essentially, John Goodman, he essentially kidnaps um Michelle brings her to this bunker where he's like, the world has ended, the air is poison. And I think for me in the beginning, I was like, well, like, is he crazy or is it actually happening? Because there's another guy, Emmett, who's in the bunker and he's like, I saw something happen. Like, like I wasn't kidnapped. I wanted to be here. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, like, his was a really good character to kind of foil, like, what's, like, what um, Michelle is thinking. Yeah. Because, like, in the beginning, like, so it starts out where she's basically driving away from her husband, and she gets into a car crash, and she wakes up, and she's in this room. And I was like, she's 100% kidnapped. Like, this is fake. And then you have the guy being like, no, like, I wanted to be here. And I was like, oh, this is a little more interesting now. Yeah, because Emmett helped to build the bunker in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought the ending was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's also because, like, this was a part of, I think, like, Cloverfield, which is an, another movie I hadn't seen. Or, yeah, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, so I think the ending was supposed to, like, tie that together, and I really didn't understand it. Um, no, but I, I really think, don't think they should have. I mean, I know they had to for, like, the franchise. Yeah. But I think it would have been fun if it was just, like, on its own, and then they just ended with her getting out, and it didn't tie in aliens to it, because that was, to me, the least interesting part. Like, the dynamics between the characters is really what was interesting. And I also do like that they told you, like, kind of early on in the movie that, like, yes, this is happening. Like, he isn't making this up, like, gaslighting her. Um, no, because so... they show, like, the pigs outside who are, like, all deformed. And then there's, at one point, a woman who comes to the door. And you can see, like, the skins peeling off of her Yeah, face. you don't really know what happens, but you assume, like, she dies. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, so, once I think Michelle realizes that, like, he's not joking, um, they get to a point where it's, like, okay, like, there's this, uh, I really like the montage scene when they're, like, playing games and eating and just kind of being, like, this normal, weird, like, you know, unconventional family, um, with, like, Emmett, Michelle, and, what's his name, the main character? Oh, it's Howard. Howard. Um, but it's also, like, a really upbeat upbeat song that's playing I don't know what song is playing but it's like super cheery and upbeat and I was like I know something's gonna go wrong like this can't be the whole movie is them just like yeah I think it starts to turn when they find out about Megan so the whole film Howard's saying like oh my daughter who moved to Chicago like she's dead and he shows a picture to Michelle and Michelle was like to Emmett like oh this is I forgot how they got into talking about Megan and Emmett's like no that's a girl who went missing in my town and I'm like, oh no, he do- like maybe he doesn't have a daughter. And then you see a picture of them together, and you're like, oh, he that's like her name's not even Megan. He just lied, and he probably killed her. But you're uh-huh. not really sure why he killed her. And but he kept yeah. he kept her in the bunker, which was really uh-huh. creepy. Um, and then that's kind of the catalyst for them to escape because they're like, he's fucking crazy. Like we can't yeah. stay with him. I was thinking about that, and I maybe like he kept her there to cope. What like his daughter leaving him. Well, there's definitely, like, like, um, like, the same way that he kidnapped, like, Michelle in the beginning. Like, yeah. He just wants to be this, like, weird father figure, and he goes about it in, obviously, a horrible, horrible way of kidnapping yeah. young women. Well, it's clear he wants to be a caretaker. The one thing I yeah. found was really, like, interesting was that they're playing a game of, like, um, Taboo. Not Taboo, I forgot what the game's called, but it's like you say, um, you have to have the other person guess whatever word you have um and it was howard's turn to guess and the 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 word was little women so he got little and um 
you know, Emmett was the one who was giving him the clues and keeps pointing to Michelle, and he's like, oh, it's what Michelle is. And he, Howard kept saying, girl, princess. Child. Child. Like, he never saw Michelle as a woman or as a grown adult, which I found was, like, Uh really interesting and clearly has something to do with the fact of whatever happened to how he sees Megan and how he saw that girl that he clearly kidnapped. Uh-huh. Um, that he never sees them as fully grown or adult. Like, he has to take care of them. Yeah, no, that was definitely a really good addition to the movie because they didn't have to include details like that in there. Yeah. Um, and even though they were, like... I mean, I think they're more than details. Like, it's pretty obvious what they're trying to say there. Yeah, they're not... Um, they're giving I, the audience clues, but they're not giving us, like... They're not, like, just telling us what happened. They're making us kind of piece it together ourselves, which I found, like, it's it's fun to do. Oh, and then I feel bad that Emmett died. And that was my next clue, too. Yeah, Emmett, who's played by John Gallagher Jr., his accent is not consistent, but he was a good <laughs> character. I know. Did you notice oh. Did you notice his accent? Like, he had an accent, and, like, he had, like, this, like, you know, general southern accent that, um... Was only on a couple words, but not on all his words. Yeah, and then it kind of just goes, goes away. away. Like, he just forgets about it. It's like, he, he's like, I c- couldn't do it the whole way. Have to just stop. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Um, besides his accent, he was, like, such a... Uh, he's, he's kind of, like, this character. And I think also, I think they built him up really well, too, by having him, like, tell stories about his past. They talk about, like, what they would regret. Uh-huh. Um, because now, obviously, the world is ending, and Emmett talks about um, how he never went to school. He kind of, he's like, oh, he was so afraid of being with all these other smart kids that he didn't think he could live up to that. And yeah. then Michelle's is that she never um, stepped in when a father was, like, abusing his child because, like, that happened to her. And I think that was, like, a, a nice way of giving background to the characters without necessarily straight up, like, telling us, oh, like, this is why she thinks this way. Yeah, and, like, her running away from her problems, which, like, she did yeah. her mar- Like, we don't know what happened in her marriage, but we yeah. kind of see that in the beginning. And then Emmett covers for her because they make a plan to, like, escape together. And uh, John Goodman's character finds out and someone's making a weapon and Emmett kind of confesses, like, oh, Michelle had nothing to do with this when, like, she obviously did. Uh, but his, his got- excuse was also really interesting. His excuse was, like, I want to be as admired as you, Howard. And that's why I did it because I see the way Michelle admires you and I want to be that way in her eyes. Too, which I think was playing into his whole, like, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, um, uh-huh. I'm a caretaker sort of man, like, I'm very masculine, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then he sh- and then Howard shoots Emmett. I was, I, sh- I was shook. <laughs> I was like, I know, oh, I was too. No. I liked Emmett. And the, the other aspect I loved about this movie is how they incorporated her job in the real world. So I love that. It. I thought they yeah. were just going to ignore that. Like, I think what I like, too, is that she in- inevitably saves herself. You know, she yeah. doesn't, like, her and Emmett work together, but she's the one who comes up with the idea to get out and to escape, mm-hmm. and they make, so they, they do believe the air is poison, which, in the end of the film, you realize is not true. Um, there's something else going on, but she, she's like, okay, we have to make a gas mask, and we have to make, um, like, a suit so that the air isn't exposed to us, and they had this whole plan, and Emmett died, but um, <laughs> the plan still, she still escaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was so crazy it was just like a really smart movie i felt like just like all the details were planned out and i appreciate that it definitely didn't go where i thought it was going um but and then at the end of the film she eventually escapes you know the bunker explodes john goodman's character dies um and then you realize the air isn't poison there's aliens or something (laughs) yeah and i guess that plays into the movie both of us haven't seen and i liked how in the end so there's, obviously, she's, she kind of realizes also, she goes into a car, she's driving away, and she kind of turns on the radio, and she's like, oh, there's other people alive, and they say, okay, go to, like, Baton Rouge, if you, like, you can't help us, but, like, there are going to be other people there, but if you are, like, a medical assi- um, assistant, or if you, like, can fight, go to, you know, this, go to um, Denver, not Denver, I don't know, whatever city. Um, this other yeah. city to fight, and I liked how she decides to fight, even though, like, she's been through this, like, really traumatic experience. She's like, no, like, I, I fought to be here. I might as well fight to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny how, like, all Apocalypse, not all Apocalypse movies, but at least, like, this one and the last two we're talking about, they all have 
kind of a, a similar ending of like, oh, we all just have to get to this one one location. Yeah. Well, I this think is where all their survivors are. I think yeah, it's I the whole thing is that you don't want to be alone, and we can talk about that with like the last film especially. But yeah. there's this idea of like it's so much harder to do it on your own. Um, but also, like, it's, like, you kind of want to be with people. You don't want to, like, keep your humanity alive, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you think this would make you want to watch the the Cloverfield movie? I don't know. I kind of liked, I don't know, I thought this was a really cool idea, the take of, like, an alien film. Because this is like, oh, what would happen if someone was in a bunker during an alien film? Like, would they yeah. notice anything going around? <laughs> like, and that's what I like. Like, once, once I realized she was driving to go fight, I was like, I was like, I kind of liked this take on an alien film. It was kind of like, oh, like, what would... Like, obviously, not everyone is going to be, you know, fighting or going to die. Like, what happens to those people, you know, that are in bunkers or, you know, that get kidnapped? Like, this weird subgenre. So I kind of like that aspect of it. I thought thought that was kind of clever. Um, Yeah. And I appreciated, I think, more when the movie was over than when it it was happening. Mm -hmm. So I think when it was happening, you just kind of think there's some sort of, like, pesticide i didn't think the pesticide not pesticide but like some sort of you know chemical warfare was going on that caused mm-hmm. the air but like the reason i didn't think it was um it wasn't a chemical warfare was because the plants were still alive yeah that, that's a good point Because if you if there's something that's toxic to the air that is both toxic to like animals humans like plants need air to survive like they also wouldn't be able to survive if anything like well, I think, I, I don't know if that's, like, necessarily true, but I think, like, they wouldn't really be able to survive. And you saw, like, plants when, anytime there's, like, a little doorway, not a little window um, at the door, you can kind of see it. So that made mm-hmm. me question just personally. Yeah, I mean, I, this is getting, like, t- too into details, but I guess it really depends on, like, what chemicals you're talking about. Not that yeah. I'm, like, an expert. I'm just thinking about, like, Chernobyl and how, like, they still had a forest and, like, vegetation, but... It, it did change, like, um, like the leaves would turn red when they weren't supposed to, things like that. So, I mean, it, it would be interesting to know, like, or get someone's take who's very knowledgeable on a chemical and hazardous waste to see, like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> what kind of alien chemicals would keep the grass alive but kill the air? And the animals. I agree. I agree. Someone come contact us. We have... <laughs> We have some questions. Um, but th- yeah. this is just us getting, I think, nitpicky about the plot. But I think mm-hmm. overall, suspenseful, very nerve-wracking, I think worth the watch. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I love this movie. Um, so any other last thoughts before we move on to our next one? Uh, no, let's move on. Uh, next we're talking about 28 Days Later from 2002, uh, director Danny Boyle. And yeah. it's about uh, a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, so I, th- I heard of this film... Um, so, if you don't know, the reason we're doing this apocalyptic um, episode is because I had a dream that that had 28 Days Later in it, and I was like, it has to be done. We have to watch it. Um, and essentially, it was because I was watching, like, those GQ, like, um, my filmography things. So, there's one with uh, Killian Murphy, who stars in this film, and he talks about 28 Days Later, and talks about... I really had no idea what was happening. He basically said, like, oh, this is, like, one of the first kind of, like, zombie films... Mm-hmm. It was 2002. Obviously, there was, like, you no know, light, Night of the Living Dead, that sort of thing, but I think this was the first one where it wasn't meant to be necessarily, like, um, Halloween-esque, like, horror, but it was kind of a, you know, survival. Yeah. Survival film in the same way. It opens very similarly to The Walking Dead. If you've oh, ever seen the, the first Walking episode Dead. of The Walking Dead, it's a very similar concept. Um, Wait, does the person wake up from a coma in The Walking Dead? Yes! Have you not seen the first episode? No, I haven't. Okay, so this film basically follows Jim, who's played by Killian Murphy, as he wakes up from a coma and realizes there's a zombie apocalypse going on. And literally, like, the entirety of London is empty. Um, And if you've ever seen The Walking Dead, this is our main character, Rick, wakes up from a coma and realizes there's a zombie apocalypse. And he's in, I think he's in Georgia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so those, those are very similar. Um, what did you think of the film, Claire? I, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I liked um, it a lot, too. This was actually, like, yeah. I was surprised at how much I liked this one. I thought it was really scary, too, because just, it was... They're so fast. Scenes, it was really dark, yes. The zombies, the zombies are so are, fast. The zombies are really fast, and, like, the shots were done really fast. So, like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cuts. over really quickly to, like, an open 
happening, and then all these zombies would just sprint out. Yeah. Um, and I, the thing, I was, like, after I finished watching this, like, I was kind of scared to walk around. I was like, if I turn my head too quickly, like, zombies are going to come out of nowhere or something. Um, so definitely, like, the horror element, I feel like they do really well. Agreed, agreed. Um, I generally think, so I had, like, no pre, I had, like, really didn't know what was going on in the beginning of this film. The first five minutes, I generally thought I was watching the wrong movie. Oh, really? Oh, you had no idea. I was watching it, and I was like, okay, like, it starts with, like, so it starts out, and you're watching these, like, newsreels, and it's people screaming, and, like, but it's not, like, zombie apocalypse screaming, it's just, like, war, that sort of thing, and then you zoom out, and you're like, okay, we're on a chimp. Why are we on a chimp? And then all these people, like, break in. They're like, we're going to break out the chimps. And I generally thought, I was like, oh, shit, like, is this the zombie film? Like, am I, am I actually watching a film about, like, you know, pedo or whatever, like, saving these chimps? And then you realize, okay, the chimps are the ones who have this disease. Oh, you mean rage. Rage, which was, like, that was that was the only thing where I was like, okay, like, that's, like, a little weird. Um, I feel like they could have just said nothing. Yeah, they could have said a virus. Like, oh, yeah, like, the monkeys are infected. But then, like... They're infected with, with rage. That was really the only thing. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, this is eh, not not really a fan of this. Yeah. So that was like the only thing. But basically, they're infected with rage, and the people who break out the chimps regret it immediately because yeah. they, as soon as your bit or any blood gets into like your eyes or any sort of like open cavity, you ought like literally like I think ish, um, you have like twenty seconds, and then that's it. You become <laughs> like this zombie. But the thing about here, the zombies here, like they don't really go out in the sun yeah no that's true that's true. yeah but i feel like that's not true with like modern zombies zombies like now nowadays modern zombies like do whatever they want yeah i always had a problem with like just zombies in general because you know how during one of our other episodes when you said annihilation made you uncomfortable because it's it's fake but it has like elements of reality to it yeah yeah so zombies sort of fall into the same category for me where they're I feel like you could find, like, a biological reason for why they do what they do, but it just, they make no sense. That's true. Like, why do they, why do they go after flesh? Like, how does their brain work when they're dead? I, I don't know. It's one of those things where yeah. you just can't think too much into it. Um, I think, th- well, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, this one, like, they, do, they don't try to explain. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing I really liked about this movie was the stylistic choices that, Danny Boyle, and I don't know who the cinematographer made, in the beginning of the film, and even, like, I think towards the end as well, beginning especially when he's first waking up and he's walking around London, he has no idea what's going on. Like, there's no indication that there are zombies. There's just no one there. And it's just yeah. shot after shot of him. Like, like huge, like, wide, wide shots of he's really small, and you see everything else, and everything's, like, empty. I really love yeah. that. That, like, no, that choice. Was- or any time when he was in, eventually he meets, like, a group of two people who eventually set him straight and are like, there's a zombie apocalypse going on, like, stop being dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah, because originally he goes into the church where he first sees the zombie. Yeah, so once he kind of starts walking around, there's a funny scene where he's, like, collecting money. He's like, oh, money's left on the floor. And I'm like, you're not going to need that wherever this is. So eventually he goes into a church and they kind of just all look like dead bodies. And I was like, oh, that's, like, really creepy, a bunch of dead bodies. And then one of them just, like, straight up, like, starts, like, there's, like, a big moan or something. And then uh-huh. you see this priest, and he's, he's like, Father, like, what's going on? And, the, and then, like, shot for shot, like, the priest gets faster and faster. And he's like, nope, that's, like, that's not a priest anymore. That's, like, someone who wants to hurt me. And yeah. then he has, like, 12 of them, like, hunt, like, 30 of them, like, following him. Yeah. No, I was thinking a lot about the church scene, even though it was, like, very small. It almost made me think of, I wonder if, like, the that, like, specific church community, like, if they all decided to, to, like, commit suicide at once. I don't think you could, it didn't seem like it was way in the movie where, like, you would die and then you would get the infection. I think you have to be alive. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed like all those were zombies, they were just, like, resting. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so once he, he meets up with two other people, um, Celine, was it Serena? Serena or Selena? It is... Uh... Selena. Selena. Um, Selena and this guy, I think Mike, but Mike dies pretty Mark. quick. Mark. Mark dies pretty yeah. quickly. Um, and eventually, uh-huh. like, you realize his parents are the ones, um, he wants, Jim wants to see his parents, so they go to his parents' house. 
Um, uh-huh. And his parents died, which was really sad because they have this note with like a picture of him, and he, they said, "Oh, like, like you know, we we're leaving you when you're sleeping, so we can be with you." And it's like, "Don't wake up." And I was yeah. like, "But he did wake up, and now he's like alone." Um, and then once the other guy dies, um, Selena's the one to kill him, which I thought was brutal, but also necessary. Like Selena, I think. And compared to Jim and the other characters we meet, she's way more about survival. Oh, she's yeah, like, no, I don't see I a point that. in life about unless it's me surviving. But then they meet up with a father and daughter duo. And all four of them decide to go seek out this. It was on a radio where they said, oh, if, you know, we're, we're by Manchester. Come meet us. They decide to seek them out. Um, but I think through that interaction with them, seeing the father and daughter, she starts to realize, like, oh, there's more to the life I'm living right now that's not just about survival. Like, it's also about, you know, more of my humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Okay, so they finally get... Well, uh, there's a few things. The father ends up dying, and I Sad. hate the way he died because I'm just like, oh, that sucks. Because he's not bitten by a zombie or anything, but he's looking up, and a drop of blood gets in his eye. Yeah. And that, that was well done, but I was just like, oh, you hate to see it. That, but, so close to the end. So it's, like, yeah. yeah. But as soon as he gets he gets infected, that's when the army people come and kill him, which I thought was very interesting when they didn't come before. I know. If they were all hiding in the bushes, like, why didn't they make themselves known? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so but eventually, all- like, yeah. um, you realize, I think it's about, like, maybe ten, but they're all men, all from the army, and they're, like, we're the people, like, left that survived. Um, and as soon, and, like, I didn't want this, 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 like, you know, this, um, plot to go this way, but as soon as, like, it's just, it's, so it's Selena, the daughter Hannah, and Jim, they're the only three people there that are new uh-huh. coming into this, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, like, I had, like, a weird gut feeling, like, I'm like, that's a lot of men, and it's only uh-huh. two women, and guess what? It goes there. Um, essentially, yeah. the main guy was like, I promised these men women, because uh-huh. there's no point in living if you can't procreate, and I was like, oh, that's disgusting, and then yeah. there's, like, several no, scenes, like-, like, are really kind of, like, sexist and, like, rapey, because, like, these men want, like, they don't have anything else to really live for, it's uh-huh. essentially what they're telling us, um, yeah. and they don't no, care. Yeah. I feel like Danny Boyle does a good job in just really changing the fear in this because the whole movie you're like, oh, the zombies, the zombies, the zombies. And then you get to, like, that location and you're like, oh, the zombies aren't aren't the most evil people here anymore. Like, now it's these soldiers who are just yeah. horrible. It's the people that become the monsters. And, like, they, yeah. were, they were terrible, too. Um, obviously, like, there is... I was surprised by that there was a happy ending to this. Um, so, yeah. so in the end, Jim, we're not gonna, like, Jim eventually, um, Jim with, like, Selena and Hannah escape, and what you think is that they're gonna be, like, this car crash, because it kind of, like, does, like, a, I forgot what it's called, um, they, they're driving the car, and there's, like, a closed gate, and they're, like, okay, we're gonna go through the gate, and it kind of pauses ap- as soon as they hit the gate, um, mm-hmm. and you see the bodies, like, fling forward, and it freezes, and I'm, I'm like, oh, are they dead? And then it kind of fast forward to them on this, like, cottage, alone, um, kind of in this green area, and they spell out hello so that this plane who's flying by might see them. And uh-huh. the one thing I really liked was how, like, for me, stylistically, it got really different. In the beginning of the film, it's incredibly kind of, like, grainy. And I kind of, like, grainy, really, really dark. And at the end, you end up with, like, a lot of color and a lot of light because they're outside and it's during the, the daylight and they're surrounded by all this greenery and, like, water. So mm-hmm. I kinda, kind of, like, for me, ended on a, a a hopeful tone. Yeah. And they did point out that, like, oh, like, we're only an island. Like, it couldn't have spread past here. Yeah, I thought about that, too. That made sense. But but also the reason, like, like it's because, well, Selena was like, oh, it went to New York and it went to, you know, other places, too. So, but that could also be, like, people also think that the zombie thing was just happening in the UK because... Like, they're an island, like, how could these people, this, like, and it started in the UK, um, Uh like, how could it, they can't swim, like, how could they go to other places? So there's also that. I really like this film, though. Yeah, it was good. It definitely lives up, because 
I feel like this is definitely one of like the classic zombie movies. Yeah. That people normally talk about. Uh, I th- I think it was well done. Yeah. I don't want to be nitpicky again, but, but the one thing I noticed. What? He after being in the coma, he can like get up and walk around really. <gasps> I noticed that too. Okay, so sorry, I got really excited. That might be really I know loud. It, like doesn't matter. No, I l- I literally like, Claire. I yeah. wrote in my notes. Um, one, so the first time, so as soon as the chimps, like, attack people, it goes to a full frontal shot of Killian Murphy completely naked. You see his, um, full-on nudity, and he starts walking, and I wrote in my notes, the muscles would have atrophied. Yeah, that's... <laughs> because there's yeah. no way in real life, like, we're being nitpicky here, but this movie, I feel like, has a weird basis in real life, because, like, there are some things I feel like that maybe could happen, like, in real life, mm-hmm. if you're in a coma and no one is, like, st- like is moving your muscles, they would have atrophied and you wouldn't be able to move. But he's all fine and ready to run. But whatever. Yeah, I literally wrote that, too. I'm so glad we think the same way. Yeah. Okay, and the other thing that I was just thinking about is that hospital was, like, really safe. Like, how come none of the zombies just, like, roamed into that hospital? Like, Well, his, his door was locked. Oh. Well, so, I yeah. think... Yeah. So, I, like, the things that, like, unless they know or like there's blood or something or they realize someone's there the zombies don't really like go go and like look for people uh-huh. that say like they, if they they don't think anyone's there it doesn't seem like they seek anything out uh-huh. so it's like did like the hospital was abandoned like there was like kind of chaos everywhere so it's either people were left or the zombies came in uh-huh. if you've ever watched train spotting i feel like this has a very similar feel to it it's kind of the same like jump cuts kind of freeze frame very I I know I called I called it in my notes I said it had a very like grungy grungy but also like the sharp filter on Instagram look to it (laughs) that's a good description which is also like I think the same way he did train spotting obviously they're very I think tonally he takes them in different directions but I think if you'd like train spotting I think you would also like this film oh okay I'll have to watch that oh you know the other thing I didn't want to shout out was the writer of this is Alex Garland who does Ex Machina, um, Annihilation. We love those films. Yeah, we do. We do love those films. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I yeah, so this is like nice. one, of her, one of his earlier ones. Wait, I think this is his first movie that he did. Oh, wow. Well, it's really well done. Go, go, Alex. Yeah, Garland. go, go, Alex. Nice job. Nice. Okay. Right. Any last, if, last caveats? Okay, we're going to move on to our last one, which we say would be the most unrealistic is I Am a Legend. Um, I don't think you can talk oh, about... Uh, it's a, I Am Legend. Oh, damn it, I put it in my notes. I Am a Legend. Okay, I, I knew that was wrong. Okay, so I feel like you can't talk about apocalyptic films without... I feel like this one's pretty well-known. It's Will Smith. Emma Thompson's in it for a good two seconds. Yeah. That was fun. That's like the doctor. Um, I think this is the most unrealistic for several reasons. One, they tried to explain it scientifically, and I think anytime you try to explain something scientifically where it doesn't have an actual basis in science or fact... Mm-hmm you're just automatically digging yourself into a hole. Because yeah. there's no real way. And, like, in the beginning of this film, Emma Thompson, she's only, she's basically there to say, like, oh, there's this cure for cancer. And she I, she describes it. And as I was listening to it, I'm like, this doesn't sound like this would actually happen. Like, realistically, uh-huh. like, like even as she's trying to explain, oh, this is the cure for cancer and this is why, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think it's unrealistic. Why do you think it's unrealistic? Okay, well... I don't know. I mean, the zombie part of it. I just the, the back going back to why can't the zombies go into the light for a really long time? That kind of yeah. I was confused. I don't think they were zombies because in this one it's more like a vampire. Like yeah, it's like, like they can't a, go out in the sun. They drink people. It affects dogs. That was real sad. And animals. Uh, it affects was, affects yeah. all living beings, not just humans, because mm-hmm. the rats. Um, yeah. I also found it really weird that he, so the main character is Will Smith. I don't know what his name is in this film. I'm just gonna call him Will. Um. Oh, it's Robert, but we can call him Will. We can call him Will. He, so he ha- he goes back to what we now know later in the film is his actual house in, um, New York City, and he has, like, running water, electricity, gas, mm-hmm. food, a dog, like, Mm-hmm. He's he's like really like for it, and I just don't understand like how that would still be happening. Like, how is electricity yeah. still happening? Um, yeah, I was just very confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and like nuclear power plants too. I feel like it just 
I just everything. Like, New York was a lot more pristine than it should have been. Uh, but, you yeah. know, I know you said before, like, oh, this is, like, a really popular movie. I knew absolutely nothing about this movie going into it. Oh, I knew the like, spoiler was, that he I kills had, his dog. That's the only I've thing I knew about this film. the photo of, like, Will Smith and the dog together on the poster, but that's all I knew. So, for a while, I thought this was just going to be, like, oh, this is how a man survives a world that has nothing in it. And then when this, like, the zombie came in, I was like, okay, like, I'm not sure if I did dig this as much, because I thought it was just going to be, like, a man's journey on a lifeless earth. Um, it's not. So that was that was honestly a plot twist for me having those zombies in there. But I really think we got to talk about just like Will Smith's performance because I feel like it's hard to hold a screen by yourself for so long. I think I agree. He's the kind of person who's like charismatic to do that, and he he was uh, he charismatic. Well. He was yeah. like dramatic when he needed to be. He was funny when he needed to be. Um, yeah. You know, he talks to his dog a lot in this film. He talks to yeah. mannequins. He kind that of he funny. puts he puts his own kind of emotional connection to mannequins, which I thought was funny, but then also kind of sad when he's like yelling at that mannequin. He's like he's like, why are you here? What happened? Yeah, wait, that freaked me out. Also, that was so scary. So unlike like, the other like zombies in the in um the films we talked about, they're really smart here. Like the vampires are really smart. Um, yeah. There's a point so like. Obviously, so there's some sort of virus that goes around that maybe was caused by that cure for cancer that maybe that was in the beginning. Um, uh-huh. But essentially, um, the virus is going down. We don't know who Will Smith was before. Um, the, well, he was like a l- lieutenant and a doctor. Yeah, he was very high up. Um, so he got his wife and child out, supposedly. Um, and he stays in New York and he's like, oh, this is ground zero. Like, I want to find a cure for this. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. I was just describing the plot. I ran, I ran out of um, things to say. But essentially, so that's why, like, that's why he's in New York City. But then they like cut off all the bridges and things to New York City. So like, I don't know where everyone else went. Like, yeah, wait. They just like freaking blew up those bridges. Like that's something unrealistic. Like they wouldn't do that. I feel like. Oh, oh, that's what I was gonna say. He's immune. So, oh, right. yeah, I so about he, he talks about it at the end of the film where he's like, okay, this is a virus. And he goes, it has a 90% kill rate. So it kills 90% of the people temp out of the 10% of the people who, um, aren't, don't die from the disease. They become what they call like night seers. And out of those 10%, only 1% are immune, but they, I'm like, why is he immune? Yeah. I, that's one of those things. And they say like- it's, they say it's airborne and it's, it's airborne. And if you get, have contact. Those uh-huh. are the two ways to get it. Um, so I guess that's, that makes sense why everyone else in New York City died. If it was airborne, like, it would it would spread pretty quickly. Yeah, and there's the one scene where they're, like, testing people to see if they're, like, allowed to leave New York and, like, putting them in different groups. Because at one point, like, Will gets tested and his son gets tested. And then, like, daughter. they go up to... Daughter, not son. Oh, oh sorry, daughter. Um, and then they go up to the wife and... One minute, it's like, oh, no good, you can't come through. And then Will's like, test her again, and test her again. And they're like, oh, no, she's fine now. Which I feel like brings into question about the testing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because right before that, there was another woman who got tested. And they were like, nope, go over to this group. So it's like, this is probably causing a lot of problems if we're sending, like, people who could potentially be healthy with, like, non-healthy people. So I think... Basically, the basis of the film is that he's trying to find a cure, and mm-hmm. um, he's been there for about a thousand days. So I think that's around like four years, um, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more or less. Um, so it's been it's been a long time since the virus kind of broke through, and he has it's just him and his dog Sam, um, yeah. who's so cute, and it was a puppy in the beginning of the film, not in the beginning, but in the flashbacks, also very cute. Um, so cute, and. It's kind of his his kind of need to find a cure, I think, puts him in danger. And that's kind of, like, the main, um, you know, anti- antagonizing factor are, like, these night seers that are, that can, like, not only kill him, but can also kill, like, his dog, which is his only companion. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's got to snap the dog's neck. Yeah, because... so the dog gets infected, and he try- he brings it back, like, to his house, and he tries to, like, put in the serum that he's been working on, but it doesn't work on the dog. Um, 
And he was like, he's like, and then he had to kill his dog because he didn't want his dog to become one of those um, night seer things. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, so then so then we ha- reach sort of the same plot where Will does find a cure for it and then sends it with the um, with the other woman who's going to like the area where it's safe to be. It, I think it was in Maine. Yeah. So during the film, yeah. he keeps saying like, "Oh, I'll be at this this." like, dock at noon every day, you know, come find me, and he's there every day, um, and then eventually he, he kind of, like, gives up his, like, his dog dies, the serum isn't working, he kind of decides to, like, drive and just kill a bunch of night seers, and you think he's gonna die, and eventually, like, I run my notes, I'm like, is Will Smith gonna die? Um, and then this, this woman and her child come, and they save him, and they bring him back to his, his house, and he's like, oh, you're alive, like, I didn't, I didn't realize there were more people. And she's like, oh, there's apparently more people in Vermont. We have to go there. And he, like, still doesn't want to leave, which is, like, very reminiscent of the flashbacks in the film. Um, oh, yeah. He's just angry that, like, they cooked his bacon that he was saving. <laughs> yeah, he was, they was angry about that. Um, but eventually, I think she she kind of convinces him to... She She's also, like, she's, like, this god. You know, like, God sent me here, and he's kind of like, you're crazy. Like, no, like, God wouldn't do this. And eventually Mm -hmm. she kind of, like, I think convinces him and he kind of sees it where he's like, okay, maybe, like, you were here, but maybe you're not here to bring me. You're here to bring this cure. Um, Because eventually, like, the night seers come into the house and they're kind of overtaken. And uh, he ends up sort of believing that, like, oh, she was here for a reason because in the last scene when, like, they're banging against the glass, it creates this butterfly. I thought that was weird, the butterfly. But this butterfly, like, um cracks on then it's the same as her the tattoo she has and then will's like oh my gosh like she was sent here on purpose (laughs) there was a purpose gives her the antidote and she goes to the community and all is well except for will yeah who sacrifices himself and that's why he is a legend oh yeah Mm -hmm. and phil and phil anyway i was sort of i didn't do any research on this actually i probably should have but there's a lot of alternative endings to this, too. Yeah, so I... it was based on a book. Yeah, did you say anything about that? So I don't actually know what the alternative endings are. Um, but when I... I watched this on Amazon Prime, and when you watch it on Amazon Prime, um, there's one version that's Prime, which is the one, I guess, that came out in, in theaters, and there's another version that says alternative ending. And I didn't I didn't look up what it was. Uh, do you know what yeah. they are? No, I'm tr- I was just trying to read about it, but... It's something about going to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, something that takes place there. Oh, interesting. But honestly, I I like the ending. I, th- I think it was fitting. The one I think it was. I, watched. Yeah, I think it makes I sense with the name of the film. They kind of tied that yeah. in together. Um, I also mm-hmm. liked how, I don't know if you noticed in his house, he has, a, he has um, Starry Night by Van Gogh. Oh, I didn't see that. I thought that was pretty funny because he's, like, he's the only one in New York and he kind of goes to the museums and he's like, he's like, why not? have them oh, yeah. a painting in my house and he has like I different paintings as well i thought that was pretty mm-hmm. funny yeah i know i agree i definitely think this is good i i like that movie i think this I is guess. also another like fun film like it has a ha- it has a happier ending um though mm-hmm. like there's it gives it kind of hope in the same way i feel like 28 days mm-hmm. does a little bit um yeah yeah what do you think out of the movies we watched is like the best the one that you'd want to be in the most if you had to be in one of these disaster scenarios. I'd, I'd be in none of them. I think the question is, would either of us survive in a, um apocalypse scenario? And I would say no. I don't think I would survive. I think I'd die pretty quickly. I think I would survive. Really? How would Maybe. you? How would you survive? I've seen a lot of, um, I've, oh gosh, I forget the show, but where they, like, create all the bunkers. Oh, oh Doomsday Preppers? Oh, I watched so much Doomsday Preppers, so I'd be ready for it. Yeah, I, I'm not strong enough. I don't I don't think too much. Like, when it comes to, like, quick scenarios, I usually pick the wrong option. So I feel like, oh. like, when the time comes, like, I'm not fast enough. I don't have anything going for me, like, strong-wise. Don't know how to, like, use weapons. Like, I really wouldn't know what to do. I couldn't fight off anything. Um, no, I feel I, like hiding I, can only like, get me so far. At my window and a baseball bat that I keep under my bed, so I feel like I'm ready for anything life throws at me. That's good. At least maybe maybe you'll protect me, Claire. 
Oh, no, I will. I'll, I'll be there. Uh, I would say take Cloverfield Lane. I feel like they had a pretty good setup. Um, well, he's psychotic, though. Oh, yeah, he's psych- psychotic, but if you were anywhere in that universe, like, you'd want to be in his bunker, honestly. I guess if you were to kill him, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, Will Smith had a pretty good setup, too. He did. Will Smith like, had he, a good... He, had he a was alone. Camp. He was alone. Yeah. I honestly, if I was at the end of 28 Days, like, where they're at that cottage, I would say that's not bad. Like, if, if I didn't have to go through, I think, what they went through, yeah, I would be better. Just because, like, they kind of, they have a good setup in the cottage, they're outside. They seem much happier at the end yeah, of that film. Yeah, that's true. Than mm-hmm. I think most people at the end of any of these films seem. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Wait, just going back to 28 Days Later real quick, I think it would be so fun to be an extra in that movie. Just to be like, okay, in this scene, like, as a zombie, you're just going to sprint towards them as fast as you can. Yeah. I feel like being being a zombie extra would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Any Anything yeah. else you want to add for our last uh, comment? No, I think I, I've said everything I need to say about Apocalypse movies. Yeah. And I guess uh, next episode... We're, we're going to do something happier. happier. We're going to do something happier. Thank you so much yeah. for listening. We hope you're all seeing... Um, safe and healthy um, if you want to comment or you know send us a message or anything about what what we should do next let us know yeah all right we're signing off bye bye